0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Over Six Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Zach the Bandit Burke. And with me, as always, is the Turf King. Cameron Charlton. What's going on, Cam? Just another day, of course, coming off another Habs loss last night. The tank is real. I see it. I'm looking forward to the World Juniors and watching former or future Hab, Shane Wright, play. He makes the team as an underager. Connor Bernard makes it as an underager. The tank is real and I'm looking forward to seeing these top prospects. Also, it looks like Caden Gooley, defenseman, prospect for the Habs, looks like he's probably to be named Team Canada captain, which is super exciting. So the tank is real, Zach. How's it going with you? Uh, yeah. No, it's going well. Not bad at all. It's, um, I mean, the Leafs are not, definitely not tanking. They just keep pumping out, uh, pumping out dubs after a horrible, horrible two-game skid. Um, but uh, but yeah, everything's good in Leafs land. Everything's good in my land. Um, yeah, I was just looking at the standings, and that it is pretty. It's very sobering for a Habs fan, being that far down the standings after making the. I mean, Ottawa currently is ahead of them. Like, Habs have 15 points, which is rough. Habs have the craziest thing is the Habs have 70 games, man, games missed more than second place. Ooh, it's a lot. Yeah, now, some of those are more. expected. Some of those are expected because, you know, Weber's, you know, yeah, but not now playing you're, either. Joel Edmondson hasn't played a game at all. Carey Price hasn't played a game at all. Anderson's now added to the eight week IR. Christian Dvorak's now out as well. Paul Byron hasn't played this year. Like, they're missing a lot of people. And, uh, like, Niku and Gallagher just missed a bunch of games. Like, everybody's injured. So, it is what it is. I mean, they're not playing still not right in, either. Still not in last place in the league, though. I think points percentage, I got to be pretty close, but I mean, anyways, points percentage, yes, they've got 30 games played and they have 15 points. Arizona has 27 games played 12 points. So, yeah. They're one eight and one in their last ten. The the tank is real. You watch Jeff Petrie play, you think he would be the one trying to tank. This guy has dropped off a cliff in his play. Last year he was, I think I think he got like some third place Norris votes or something. I think he was in the top ten for Norris voting. This year he is like one of the worst defensemen I've ever seen play hockey. He's (laughs) he's just terrible right now. It's not good, it's bad. So I mean, it is what it is. It's not a terrible year to reset. They got a lot of promising prospects. You'll have Probably two captains in the World Juniors. Jan Misak, probably going to be the captain of the Czech because he was last year. So most likely going to be the captain again this year. So looking forward to watching these prospects because I don't know if I can actually watch a Habs game right now. Oh, it's it's brutal. It's brutal. I I, I There was one on TV the other day, and <clears throat> I, I watched for like two seconds and turned it off. Number one, because it was the Habs. Number two, because it was like bad Habs. But anyway. Uh, Before we get into some pretty notable headlines, I would say, uh, I just wanted to give a shout-out. Riley Damiani, former OHL Ranger, scored his first NHL goal last night for Dallas. Little roof daddy, close to the net. Did that a lot in Kitchener when I was watching those games, so shout-out. One of my favorites. Anyway, headlines. NHL, not probably going to the Olympics anymore. Yeah, Craig, I mean, Button, Craig Button has it at 0%. I just was reading an article. He has it as 0% chance they go to the Olympics. Yeah, I think just the COVID protocols are just too crazy there. If anybody tests positives, they got to stay in China for five weeks. So that's just that's too scary for, I think, any NHLer to really want to do. Well, they're do. not going to get paid for five weeks too, right? Like, keep in mind. Yeah. Yeah, you don't get paid for the five weeks. You're not getting paid when you're over there. I think the risk is just too high at this point. We'll see what happens. The thing is, is I've been reading different articles and nobody really has an idea if the NHLPA, if everyone has to hold out and pull out. Because, you know, guys like Alex Ovechkin, they'll do anything to play for their country. The Canadians don't, the Europeans find it way more, like the Olympics is their Stanley Cup. It almost means more to them than the Stanley Cup. Canadians, Americans, not so much. So a guy like Ovechkin who said last Olympics like he was going to go basically as long as he could, Washington Capitals owner was of course behind him because this is the face of the franchise. You're going to make the guy happy. So it'll be interesting to see if they pull out if we do see guys still trying to go or wanting to go. But uh, yeah, I think overall with the risk and everything around it, I think it's too much. You're seeing the cases go up across the world. You've just seen things in the NHL in Ontario now, 50% capacity at uh, Senators, Leafs and Raptors games like covid cases are back up so to take that risk of being out for like seven weeks it's just i think too high well and and yeah you wonder if the nhl just says well yeah you can go but like after at this point it's on you and or do they suspend guys if they decide to go like if ov went for two weeks and they said you can go but you're gonna have to serve a suspension when you come back whatever it is three games i don't know just that's just spitballing Yeah, it is the NHLPA's decision, but the only decision is whether or not it's the NHLPA as a whole or whether the players can make their own decisions. So the NHL is not going to be able to suspend them because in the CBA was up to the players now to go. It's completely in their court. It's just they're probably realizing the risk is too high. Well, I mean, that takes Canada out of the conversation for a gold medal, in my opinion. I mean... We yeah, don't. I mean, we, we don't have Russia. like look at like Spengler Cup even then. Like we've won a couple times, but let's be all, let's let's call it what it is here. Our second tier uh, Canadians that are playing over in Europe, like the Russian team, has a lot of really good players who don't play in the NHL. So oh, we should we should still be able to compete for a silver medal. But Russia's the clear favorite if the NHL doesn't go. Like Canada does, does still have some of the top players in the KHL and the Czech League and all those leagues over there. They still have some of the top players, but the talent pool isn't as good and as high. China might have a chance. If the NHL doesn't go, China might actually score a goal. Well, the advantage to China is uh, their best players aren't in the NHL. They're in the WHL and the NCAA and the KHL. There's a few of them in the KHL. So, yeah, they probably have their entire roster still and – Canada would have none of their Temp- roster. Tempting to take some uh, China props, with, like goals over <laughs> and under, like because it's going to be super low now. So maybe you could find some value. Uh, last time I checked, I think Russia is at plus three hundred, somewhere around there to win a, to win the gold medal. Canada is at like plus one hundred and sixty. The US is like plus two hundred, and Russia's plus three hundred. So there's some value there. Um, if you're if we're, if we're th- if you're thinking that the NHL is not going to go, maybe a good time to load up on some Russia. Uh, some Russia lines because I think that could be a nice little play at plus three hundred. They might have a chance to win anyway. Like even if the NHL players did go, Russia's a good team. Like they got really good players. But um, anyway, that's that's what's going on there. Uh, that'd be disappointing though. Honestly, I, I'd be pretty disappointed. Second Olympics in a row that we wouldn't have NHL players there. So because we didn't have them yep. in twenty eighteen. So, yeah, it definitely wouldn't be the same thing. It would be a little, lot less exciting. And uh, I mean, there will still be good hockey and it'll be fun to watch. And I know I'll still watch. I still watched the last Olympics, but it's just not the same as the no. NHL players right. actually being there. It's not the same as 2010. And one of the things I will say is that, um, well, let me ask you this if you had to, like, if the NHL player just didn't go, would you be more interested in the World Juniors or in the Olympics? Uh, I'm still probably, arguably, more interested in the World Juniors. Anyways, it's my favorite hockey to watch. It's the best hockey to watch. Even the 2010 Olympics, the actual hockey, Canada played a horrible style. It wasn't that exciting of a style of game to watch. Junior hockey is just so much better. The kids make so many more mistakes. The emotions are on their sleeves. Like everyone cares so much more than even the Olympics. Like it's the best hockey, in my opinion, to watch all year long. So that's coming. Whether up. they're there, whether they're there or not, I'm so excited for the World Juniors Boxing Day. It's I've watched it every year. It's my favorite sporting event of the year. If we're over in Europe and I got to get up at 2 a.m. to watch the game, I'll get up at 2 a.m. and watch the game or stay up. It's that's how much the World Juniors is to me. It's think it's it. I think it's in Canada again. I think we do have it. Is again. it in Edmonton again? I believe so. I think they're doing a bubble style again. Oh, well, there you go. Well, that's not bad. So, I mean, the good news is, is that it's it's about uh, 11 days. It'll be 10 days probably when you're listening to this, it'll be 10 days away is the world junior. So obviously um, the most wonderful time of the year in terms of, in terms of sports. Uh, Got any other headlines you want to talk about? No, not really. I mean, you're just watching COVID take over the entire sports world right now. I think we're up to 50 plus in the NFL for this coming week might miss. The Browns have nobody playing or everyone's in COVID protocol. We again, don't know who's going to be playing, who's going to be missing. And, Just uh, Calgary Flames are canceled for like a week now. You're seeing it just take over the entire sports world again. Quite unfortunate. The NFL is having a lot of issues with the PA. The PA wants to be tested every single day, and they're fine with that. The majority of players want to be tested every single day so that outbreaks don't happen when one guy gets it. The owners, of course, don't want to pay for that. Well, and that's like... I I just don't know why you, you don't want to pay for that. I mean, like, if you're an owner, like, is it not in your best interest to win games. I mean, they get the money probably either way. So I, on but a like team fan view, bases are more interested when you're winning games and like, you want to sell tickets to hopefully playoff games. You want to make playoffs. Like there's definitely additional revenue stream. So, you know, if, especially if you're a owner of a team that's can if you're like the owner of the Jags, for example, like you probably don't give a fuck to pay for your players getting tested. Like you don't care. Now, if you're like the Pats or the Chiefs, I would assume their ownership would be more interested, but I don't know. Like that would make sense to me. You want to keep all your guys healthy and safe so that you have everybody. Cause like what happens? Okay. You're playing in the AFC championship game. You don't do your daily testing. And all of a sudden, well, Bat Mahomes, he's in COVID protocol. Yeah. Sex to suck. Looks like you're playing the game without him. Yeah. I, I don't really understand it and I don't know the money and everything behind it, but uh, that's kind of an argument that's going on. I don't really know where it goes from there. But uh, th- they have to start figuring it out because as we go into this week, like Miami has no running backs, basically. Malcolm Brown's going to come off the injured reserve, but uh, Ahmed Gaskin and uh, somebody else are all in COVID protocols. So who knows what's and Lindsay. So Lindsay, Ahmed, and Gaskin. So we'll see what happens this week for them. It's just a total mess right now. So who knows what happens. Yeah, well, as I said, I mean, there's lots of opinions that so lots of people have about the whole thing in general. We'll keep that away from, from our show. You can talk about that in the ether. Uh, one other thing, Demarius Thomas passed away. That was uh, just over the weekend, I believe, which is really unfortunate. Most people, at least myself, remembered him for the touchdown from Tim Tebow, uh, which was, I think, was that, was that was a playoff game in overtime, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, in the first game. Uh, that was like Tebow's last good throw he ever threw in his entire life. Um anyway, passed away suddenly. um you saw lots of guys in the NFL this weekend, you know, doing tributes, having numbered eighty eight decals on the back of their back of their helmets. Uh, always tough. I mean, this happens probably on a I would say a nah, maybe not a yearly basis, but it does happen uh, too frequently um, that an athlete one way or another passes away, and it, you know, kind of rocks the community. So uh, prayers for the family, but uh, not. Uh, not fun news to kick off the kind of kick off the weekend, but we uh, we did get some good football over the weekend though. Yeah, there were some exciting games. The Monday nighter was good, and uh, are we ready to go through our picks then, Burke? I think we will. <laughs> it's the over six NFL picks Week 14 recap. And the boys showed up this week. We had a decent week, it was at an absolute dumpster fire, uh, like the last couple of weeks, turned the ship around, the locks were firing, the picks were firing, the fantasy was firing. Overall a good week, and we'll uh, recap it going back to the Thursday nighter. Yeah, we move right into the Thursday nighter, Pittsburgh was heading to mini-mini, was favored by three, and this was just a crazy game overall just uh, started off mini going up massive and then almost completely blowing it away. Fryer and Ruth had a chance in the end zone to get the TD pass to at least get it to a two-point conversion to tie. Just a crazy game. Uh yeah, I mean, the Vikings dominated this game for most of the game. But in classic Vikings fashion, they gave it all away. Like they just continue to do this and like we've said they keep games close and it was still close. Um, it's a you know one possession game. Um, they they the Vikings are just gonna Viking, and this is something that we're gonna expect, right? So unfortunately, on that on that uh, three points, you're on the wrong side of it. It could have easily gone the other way or been a push, even in overtime. You know Vikings win by three, it's a push, could have worked out not so bad. But man, these I did I, I didn't find this that funny that it came out was it over the weekend that. Uh, the Vikings it was a ridiculous stat. the Vikings would be twelve and zero if they didn't have points scored on them in, this, in the in last two minutes of the fourth quarter. Um, no, of each half, of each, of each half, first okay, and second of each half. half, yeah, the last two minutes. So their last two minute drill is garbage, um, but it's such a stupid stat because I, I can give you a stat. Miami would be fourteen and zero if we won all the games. Yeah, it's still kind of a crazy stat that their last two minutes of each half are just horrible on defense. Like, they can't defend a hurry up, I guess, is kind of the thought of it. I don't know other, what other way to put it. Just to sleep.
1: Like, Interesting just,
0: to see. Yeah, look at the locker room. Like, you're like running to the locker room before the game's over or the whole quarter's over. Yeah, interesting to see Pittsburgh now. They've scored 17-21 and 21 in their last two fourth quarters. Big Ben in the fourth quarter is on fire. They put up 17 against the Ravens to win that game, and they put up 21 in this fourth quarter to make it interesting. So seems weird that uh, Big Ben's fourth quarter offense is showing up. We got second half Lamar. Maybe we have fourth cor- quarter Big Ben. Well, this is because he has to save all his energy. Right, like if he if he plays too well to start the game, he he runs out of energy and he's garbage in the fourth quarter. So he's got a veteran, just, veteran move. He knows it's oh, a marathon. A hundred percent. He just he takes it easy. Throws like twenty incompletions to start the game, and then the fourth quarter comes. He's like, okay, time to you know hit the nitro, and you know get a yard. Actually, he, pretty sure he had a run on Thursday night. I think I got called back on a flag, but I think he had like an eight yard run. And I like, I'm just watching this guy lumber down the field. I'm like, oh my God, this guy's like one knock away from just getting his lights punched out. Yeah, he had a, he had a nice five-yard run up the middle and it did count. So five yards, but it was like, it almost looked like a designed run. He like got it right away and ran right away. And I'm like, what are you doing, Ben? Like, do not run ever. Like there was like two, there's like two people in the whole world who had Ben Roethlisberger over one and a half running yards. <laughs> Actually, the line might've been half a yard. It might have been yeah. a half a yard. It'll running. be the Tom Brady half a yard probably. Yeah. Which, by the way, let's just like talk about that briefly. Half a yard as a prop is so stupid because all you need is one quarterback sneak and that's a yard. So, like, you at least got to do a yard and a half. But I guess you do lose yardage for taking a knee. So that's that the was thing. A, so half a yard is the, really like four yards, right? There was somebody who I saw who did it on, I don't know if it was this year or last year, did it on Brady, and he had a three-yard rush early in the game, and then he had three kneels, so he ended up with zero at the end of the game, and the guy's like, just crushed, because he put like a $1,000 on it, and he's like, this is just crushing. Like, this is one of the worst beats ever. You're like, he's got three yards. A sack doesn't count. He's not going to purposely quarterback rush, so it's a lock. It's done. Nope. No. Takes three knees, zero. A knee shouldn't count as a loss of yard, personally, but whatever. Like, I, it's like it's a formational play. Like, I don't know. I think it's stupid, personally, but that's why Aaron Rodgers has a backup quarterback to go in there for the QB Nails, so he doesn't yeah. have a negative to his resume. Yeah. You don't, well, first of all, why would you not put a backup in anyway, just in case some like meathead rushes and just kills you? Not that that happens, but like, if it was a really chippy game, like, could you just imagine Tom Brady takes a knee and gets his head taken off by an offensive lineman or his defensive lineman? Like, fuck that, dude. Don't. you Starting quarterback should not be taking these. It's ridiculous. But anyway. Yeah, that was. Uh, anyway, I thought it, was, it was an entertaining game, at least. Yeah. Moving into Sunday, we had Baltimore heading to Cleveland. Oh, my God. Baltimore was. No, Cleveland was favored by two and a half in this game. And they win it 24-22. There's an asterisk and on this game. I felt killed by this line. I took Cleveland. You took Baltimore. So you get the cover. Which yeah I feel boy. robbed in. Backdoor cover by Tyler Huntley. Lamar out of the game early. Early-ish. I don't know. But no, he, he actually He was out like mid-second quarter. He was out with like yeah. seven minutes remaining in the second quarter, which was a fantasy nightmare. Um and I I also had Kareem Hunt who went out with an injury in the second quarter, so that was a nightmare. Um overall fantasy injuries was not fun. Just the the, the, the injury train just keeps rolling for me. Uh the cover was disgusting. But I don't necessarily feel like I, I feel like it would have been a close game if Lamar hadn't gone out. He was awful in the first quarter, however, but I don't know. It, it definitely was a, was a crushing backdoor cover. and I will give you I, I will give you the, the, the satisfaction of feeling robbed on that one. This is like the Rams from a couple weeks ago that I felt robbed by, but what can you do? Yeah, I don't think we can read too much into this game. Lamar's out. Cleveland's kind of a mess, but uh, they pull out this win divisional game. This division likes keeping games close, and without Lamar in the game, I think that's what's going to happen. Is Cleveland's going to find a way to win it. Moving along, we had Dallas heading to Washington football team. Dallas was favored by four. They were up big, and we thought this was not going to be a game, but it finishes 27-20. And... Washington had a couple chances here. Yeah, they did. Washington had a couple chances late. Dak Prescott hasn't looked good again. 211 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Zeke kind of looks like a mess. Dallas' team doesn't look very good, but I don't really trust this Washington team either. Well, I mean, Washington was due for a down game. They won four in a row before this. I mean, who do they think they are, the Miami Dolphins? You can't win five in a row. Come on. Um, your defense is just not that good, but I mean, there is discussions about Dallas and you know, their playoff hopes and what I, to me, they just, they don't look like that good of a team. They're covering machines like they cover all the time, but I just don't like they're, they're not, they're beating bad or poor teams or not as good teams. And they're very successful against those poor teams. But when they play a good team, they just don't look like they don't look like they match up with that competition. Yeah, this is just a defensive game overall and both defenses look good, both offenses look bad, but again, I just this is the NFC least again. Dallas is going to make the playoffs. They're probably going to win the division, but I just don't think they can compete with like that upper four teams in the NFC. And uh we'll see come playoff no, time, but I just don't think they can compete with yeah. I think they're I think there's a couple tiers in this conference and they're not in that top 4 and I don't think they can compete with the top 4, so when it comes to playoffs, they won't get the job done, but they got this easy division and they should get a couple more wins and probably a couple more covers before the year's up. I would think so. I'm gonna keep riding the boys. Moving along, we had a Las Vegas heading to KC. KC was favored by nine and a half. We got wow. this one wrong. I blame we got this one I blame very Vegas wrong. here. Forty eight to nine for the Chiefs. Why is are the Raiders going and dancing on the Chiefs logo before the game? Why are you doing this? Do yeah. you really want to piss off Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes? Ugh. Patrick Mahomes and it... Andy Reid have not performed this year. No, they have not. They yeah, haven't no. been very good. Do you really want to go piss off arguably the most talented quarterback in the league? No. At home, after you embarrassed them last year at your home, at their home field, and rode your bus around the field, you don't think they remember that? We're, this we was we missed it. Yeah, circled around the stadium. You don't remember we yeah i should have remembered that i should have taken that into more consideration we were on the wrong side kc showed up big and to me they're just proving that they're they're the class of the afc like the patriots look really good too but kc i think they're just showing up their defense unbelievable again won the raiders to nine points and uh kc a bunch just, of turnovers too bunch of KC's turnovers and turning into kc Casey's going to KC. They just that. I mean, this is the difference between good teams and championship teams. Uh, We'll get to the bills in a bit, but they're an example of, of, you know, a team that I personally don't think is a championship team where they've showed weakness all year. The chiefs showed weakness for a bit, but then once they got their shit together, they've looked unbelievable and unstoppable ever since. And I don't foresee that coming to an end anytime soon. So it's going to be hard to match up, unfortunately for the, for Vegas. And again, the Chiefs don't cover, but yeah, we missed the angle of the, we missed the revenge angle. What are you going to do? It's a tough one, but um, Hunter Renfrew had a good game, so he's a target machine, which is nice. Yeah, he's looking like a really A-plus kind of guy for fantasy, especially going down the stretch, especially if Waller's out another game or two, especially in fantasy playoffs now. Hunter Renfrew is a must-start wide receiver if Waller's not in. No question, just lock him into your lineup and don't think about it. He was actually Moving very along. under-owned, by yeah. the way. Sorry to interrupt. He was very under-owned in fantasy middle of the season because you had Rugs and you had Waller and you had all these kind of guys. So he was, like, super under-owned. And then as soon as Ruggs went out, Renfro got picked up, obviously. Uh, but, like, there's an argument to be made that, like, maybe he should have been stashed earlier. I don't know. He's, he's very he, – his chemistry with Carr has improved immensely and he just catches everything. Like, he doesn't drop the ball almost ever. No, I think earlier in the year, everyone thought Brian Edwards was going to take a big step in his second year. And again, you had Henry Ruggs there. You had Waller there. But with no Ruggs, no Waller, somebody had to step up. And it's Renfro. He just gets all the routes. He seems to be able to just a route running machine. And he has these routes where he can pick and choose and just get open for car. You see like elite receivers kind of have that option all the time. And he's getting to that point because he's that good of a route runner. And it's working out well for Vegas, although that's about the only thing that's working well. That's so true. Moving along, we had Seattle heading to Houston. Seattle was favored by 7.5, and, and they cover easily, 33-13. They got the job done. There really wasn't any question. You kind of knew that Russ was going to start showing up. Rashad Penny with a massive game, though. Yeah, huge. was massive on the waiver wire this week, too. Um, I mean, when you have a big game like that, the nice thing is, is that the coach is probably going to give you another run. I don't know if it's going to work out. Again, and let, like, let's just pump the brakes a little bit here because it was versus the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans have one of the worst defenses in the entire NFL. So, like, you know, if, if, it, if it's against, like, the Bucks, I don't know if he has even close to as successful of a game or any, even a mid-tier defense like Miami, if they would have played. I don't think Rashad Penny would have been able to do anything. Uh, but against Houston, had a good game. Uh, I am just I would just caution starting him necessarily this week in a, in a big spot. Who do they play this week, though? Our, next week the LA Rams LA Rams Uh, okay don't play Rashad Penny this week but stash him maybe for the next week Rashad Penny might get eaten alive this week depending on uh, the COVID list yeah, no, I still think you're playing Rashad Penny, in my opinion. He's tur- he's an RB1 for a team, so a guy who's going to get 20 touches. You kind of have to start at this point in the season with the amount of running backs out. And the other thing is, is this guy was a first-round pick. In 2018, this guy was a first-round yep, pick, true. so there was high, high expectations for him. He's been injured, he showed a lot of injuries over the first years, and he's behind Chris Carson, so... Maybe with a chance, finally, they gave up on Alex Collins, which they should have because he shows no burst. Penny looked good. Yeah, it's against the Texans, but the Texans' D has been decent. They've showed signs at times, and they look like they try hard, and they have veterans. So, again, temper your expectations. He's not going to be an RB1 this week. But if you're starting Rashad Penny as an RB2, RB3, I'd have no problem with that because, again, he's an RB1 on a NFL team who's going to get 20 touches in a decent offense. Yeah, And if he gets sure. a couple goal line touches, he could easily get a touchdown. So, I wouldn't be terrified of starting them. Well, and you bring up some compelling arguments, I would say. Um, I, the last thing I'll say about this game is, is that I don't think we need to talk much about it because this is Russell Wilson and a slew of excellent uh, offensive players versus the Texans who have checked out. They have absolutely checked out. Yep. Yeah, moving along, we have the Jacksonville Jaguars talking about checked out. Checked out. Oh, yeah. Going to Tennessee. Tennessee winning 20 to nothing. They cover the eight and a half easily. I'm done with this Jags team. I'm done with Irvin Meyer. What did his team come out and say? What is everybody coming out and say? Trevor Lawrence, your generational quarterback, coming out and say, we need to use James Robinson more. What does he do? Six carries. (laughs) Four yards. That's all James Robinson was used for. They didn't use him in the passing game at all. Didn't get one reception. Basically benched again for the second straight week. James Robinson is a good player. He yep. is a really good player. We've seen it. We saw it last year in this Jags team who was worse than they are this year. And Urban Meyer, you're just a mess. You can't do anything. Like James Robinson the last time against the t- Titans lit them up and you didn't give him any hope here. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know what to talk. I don't trust this Jags team. I don't care what the spread is. I can't back them against anybody. You're not using your best players. You're not going to beat anybody. Urban Meyer is just like every week, there's an article about that comes out about this guy. A report came out today about him kicking their kicker. Which, by the way, I, in the article, he basically he doesn't call his kickers or punters by their name. He just calls them kicker, punter, or dipshit. And I'm like, what? That that is. That's like this, like so opposite of Brian Flores, like the absolute other end of the spectrum. Um, But man, this guy, it, like he's got to be done after this year, right? He's going to college. I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah, I just I don't get why you'd want him around. Like Trevor Lawrence again was the best prospect since Andrew Luck. Like this guy's got the world in front of him and if he stays with Urban Meyer another year, he might end his career. Like he might turn into nobody. And he's that promising of a prospect. So they need to get rid of him. Like when you're hearing everything he's doing with the assistant coaches, calling each of them out, saying, What have you won? You're all a bunch of losers. I'm a winner. Like I wanted Ohio State like yeah, you wanted Ohio State. There's like ten schools in the NCAA who can win. They're one of the top recruiting classes. Yeah, you got the job done. Great for you. But uh, you haven't done anything at the NFL, and you're looking horrible. So, yeah, I, I just a mess. A mess. I, I took the Jags, but we'll see if I take them in the future. I probably will. Moving along, we had the Saints heading to the New York Jets. Saints covered the five easily, 30-9. to nine. Alvin Kamara yep. is back. And I know it's the Jets. But man, he looked good. He made a couple defenders not even touch him in the open field. And maybe keeping him that extra out that extra week or two really helped Taysom Hill. Great fantasy quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great quarterback in fantasy. Yeah. He's he is this quarterback, quarterback where you you don't want to watch him play quarterback. He can run. He's a great runner. Yeah. Good running back. Yeah. Can't really throw that well, especially with this middle finger being an issue. But uh, you start them in your fantasy lineup, and you shut your eyes and don't watch, and you get twenty plus points every time. So, there you go. I mean, he didn't. He didn't throw an interception. It is the Jets. So that's true. It is. He also didn't throw a touchdown. So I mean, I, I, he was he fifteen rushing. for twenty one. Two rushing touchdowns, yeah, though. Two rushing touchdowns. He was fifteen for twenty one. Yeah, that's just awful. Like that. It's just. It's. Anyway, we all know that he's not a real quarterback. He's a fa- he's like he's like a dollar store version of Lamar Jackson, because at least Lamar can sling it. Like he's gonna throw interceptions, but you like he's proven that he can whip it downfield and nail it. Like Taysom Hill is not like yeah, dollar store version of Lamar. Yeah, he's like a power quarterback though. He's not even like Lamar. It's more than Newton style. But I'd actually give Taysom Hill credit. He can semi throw the ball sometimes where Cam Newton can't. So. I'll, 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 but, I'll say yeah I'll say this if Lamar's R- nickname is RB1 uh, Taysom's RB2 yeah the only thing is is I think this offense could be interesting with the fact that you have the power run game of Taysom Hill and then you have Alvin Kamara in the run game in the check down game that could be tough to defend like I know they don't have much of a passing game and a good run defense should be able to stop that but it's not that easy to stop because you run to one side and you either flick it to Kamara or run it yourself they got to try and defend both that Kamara is one of the best players in the league if not the best in the open field so it's at least interesting it gives them something because they haven't had anything in offense since Jameis winston went down i think that miami's going to show you what what they're going to do they're going to do the same game plan they did versus sham newton exactly the same moving along we have atlanta at carolina carolina was favored by two and a half and this team can't get any quarterback any offensive play really 29 21 atlanta i yeah, again, I I'm done. I'm, I'm done backing the Panthers. Done. Yeah. At what point do they just see the what Jags over the Panthers? At what point do they just see what PJ Walker is and give up on Cam Newton? It was a fun story. Like, I know you're, you're so negative against him, but it was a fun story given what he had done there in his MVP season his getting to the Super Bowl season. Like it was a fun story at first when he comes back, says he's back. I know you hated it because you hate them, but, uh, you hate, hate him so I hate, much. I hate Cam Newton. But it, w- it was a t- it was a fun story, especially for Panthers fans, to see Cam come back, succeed in the first game. But it's over. Cam Newton's not an NFL quarterback anymore. You I'm need just to waiting do to see the memes. Waiting to see the memes, like, because the, the I'm back memes are all over the place. But just wait till he's gone. It's going to be, I'm gone. Like, you know what's coming. And I can't wait because uh, fuck that guy. Yeah, this team has so many promising pieces. They just have horrible quarterback play, like absolutely horrendous quarterback play. If they can up this offensive line a tiny bit and find a quarterback, this team could be legit. Their defense is going to be so good next year, especially when they get the rookie back. So, but yeah, this year it's tough to back them. Can't, can't, d- can't do the Panthers anymore. Can't, do, I just can't do it. I, they, they burn me so much. It's just like we talked about this last week. Like this is the th- the thing is, they started the season five and one. And they've now, what is it, like, eight straight they've lost? Like, I don't yeah. even know what it Like, I think it, like they've legitimately lost eight straight. Like, they it, 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 it just a dumpster fire. I know you've had C-Mac out, blah, 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 but everybody has injuries. Everybody has injuries, and they're making it work. The Saints are still winning games. The Titans were still winning games without Derrick Henry. Like, you got to figure it out. Chuba, Hubbard's... Um, Frankly, I just uh, I feel like with no quarterback, it's really tough for him to have any success right now because he's obviously not Christian McCaffrey, and if you don't have a quarterback, then the, de- the you know the defense knows that they're not going to be able to throw it downfield or do anything, so they just load the box and you're done, right? So anyway, that's enough Panthers talk. Moving along, way have Detroit heading to Denver. Detroit coming off their massive win, and Denver gets the job easy, covers the eight easily. This wasn't much of a game. 38-10. again, just 12 close your... and a half, eh? Yeah, close your eyes. Detroit was not winning two in a row. I didn't care who they were playing. They were not winning two in a row, especially heading to elevation in Denver. This was just close your eyes, fade the Lions, and it was that. This Denver D is pretty good. They're still in the playoff mix. They're, again, looking actually like a decent team after you think they were kind of giving up, trading Von Miller, kind of punting the season a bit in a tough division, but uh, the Broncos, another big win. Another big win. I think I was on the wrong side of this one. I'm pretty sure I took the Lions plus eight. Um, the, I said no, the Lion. didn't. Did I not? I took the Broncos? Yeah, yeah, you took the Broncos. Oh, you talked me out of it. That's what happened. Sorry, I forgot. You talked me out of taking the Lions because I was going to do it. And you're like, no, don't take the Lions. I'm like, okay. Because you made some compelling arguments. Um, yeah, I mean, the Broncos. I mean, the, the Lion closed at 12.5. Let me ask you this. If the, if the Lion was 12.5 when we made the picks middle of the week, would you have still taken the Broncos? Yes. I was closing my eyes and just fading. the <laughs> Lions, they were not winning two in a row. If you've watched this Lions team, there was no, they no wouldn't have way had to they win. Were... They they could have lost by nine and still covered. I don't care. They weren't showing up. It's Jared Goff, on the road in elevation. Denver's cold enough. Like no, nothing. Nothing like this line. Yeah, if this line Fair was enough. under two, t- under two touchdowns, I was all over it. It was lock, and I wasn't thinking twice about it. All right, moving along. We had the who, who did we have next? The New York Giants went to the L.A. Chargers. <laughs> L.A. Chargers were laying 10.5 and it didn't work. For They covered at home finally. 37-21. Did. Didn't see that coming. Justin Herbert had a really good game. He didn't make a mistake, which he's done the last little while. Clean game and uh, Chargers offense looked good, so even without see, Keenan Allen. You were on the Giants? I was, covering 10.5. Oh, no. oh, no. I was, that was was That's unfortunate. Giants suck. Yeah, but the Chargers don't cover at home. That's true, but I mean neither the the Chiefs don't cover either and they bull out the Raiders. I don't know. Like it's 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 it going to be really it's, sorry, it's going to be really difficult down the stretch here to actually like in a sense like fundamentals where you look at this and say, well this that and the other thing. Well when when the standings are this close and you have teams that have showed you 50% really good games and 50% really bad games, it's like it's you're throwing darts at a dartboard, honestly your dog almost just knocked your beer off the table she just almost knocked the entire setup off the table <laughs> no, it would have been a mess but yeah the standings are tight it's going to be a mess to pick some of these things and uh it's tight but it's exciting and uh again i was giants just going suck. by rules yeah the giants aren't very good but this was just a full of rules of feed the chargers at home take them on the road and it didn't work this time but uh who's starting for the giants again, next week uh, it sounds know. like Mike Glennon's going to start again, but it sounds like Jake Fromm will get some snaps depending on what they want oh, uh, to do. Me, to me, Mike Glennon's not good. He's a fine backup if you need him for a spot start. He showed he can throw it a little bit, do sort of that. But uh, you got this young Jake Fromm who had a successful career in NCAA. Doesn't have a huge arm or anything, but give him a chance. This guy was in QB1, the Netflix special. Super uh, likable guy, so I'd love to see Jake Fromm get a start for them. Yeah, do you want to know Glennon's stats, by the way, before we move on? No, they're not good, but. 17 for 36, 191 yards, two touchdowns, and interception. It probably also doesn't help that they have none of their receivers that they were supposed to have this during the year. This is true. Like, 17 everyone's... for 36, though, like your completion percentage is under 50%. That's brutal. Yeah, not, not great. No. Moving right along, we had San Fran heading to Cincy. Cincy was favored by one, basically a pick 'em game. San Fran pulls it off in overtime, 26-23. It shouldn't have got to overtime. They should have covered this game way easier. Should have won it in regulation. Jamar Chase in the fourth quarter showed up and uh, made it interesting, but San Fran does keep it and wins another one, and I'm not liking San Fran winning. They got to lose. Yes, uh, San Francisco had a chance to win the game in the last three seconds and missed a 45-yard field goal, I think it was. So, um, yeah, it shouldn't even got to overtime. It was wrapped. Uh, but, I mean, the Bengals, you know, they showed some some nice resiliency in, in, in coming back. I mean, it is nice to see for a young team like that, you know, like guy like Burrow, guy like Chase, who haven't ha- been in these big moments, right, when you're kind of fighting for playoffs, right? Um, to, to have that resolve, um, you know, to go against a, a pretty good defensive team. Uh, I put up an effort like that under some immense pressure. I was impressed. Yeah, it was a big comeback. Nice to see for Cincy, but, uh, it would have been nicer to see them pick up the win here. Don't know if there's too much to read into it. I just maybe got to give in at San Fran's better than I really thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. They're finding a way to get it done. Kittle's turning out to be a fantasy relevant tight end when, He's always been a top tight end for everything he does, blocking weight and everything, but he's never quite got to the Waller or Kelsey tier for receiving. But right now he's number one in the receiving Kelsey and Waller have dropped way off this year and Kittle healthy has easily been tight end one. Oh, he's been nasty. He's been so good. Moving along. We had another overtime game. Buffalo went to Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay favored by three. They get the cover in overtime. 33, 27, Rashad Perryman his one reception of the game was a long one in overtime. Just kind of a messy game but uh kind of what you would expect from these two teams. 30 33-27. I really didn't think the Bucks played very well. Um I didn't think the Bills played that well either. The only person on the Bills that I thought ha- played well was Josh Allen, that's about it. And I and, and I'll, I'll 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 eat it where I have to eat it, but like I've been we in general I think have been really critical of Josh Allen this year. Uh and I think rightfully so. I think the numbers would suggest that he's kind of regressed this year, but he had himself a really, really good game. And the fantasy aside, I mean, fantasy, he was an absolute stud, but just from the eye test watching the game, uh, watching highlights and clips. I mean, the guy was, he, he did everything in his power um, to win this game. And, and I didn't think that he had really any shortcomings, but for whatever reason, this Bill's team, just, they, they keep losing games and um, after Miami's bye week, they're one game up on the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, the big thing was since Josh Allen basically said goodbye to Christian Wilkins and waved to him saying goodbye after they beat them the second time, Miami is 5-0, and oh and the Bills are 2-4. and There you go. It's like the boat pick. Yeah, some bad karma there, Josh Allen, waving bye to the Dolphins. Like Never, they do were done. Never do it. Never do it. Moving along, we had the Sunday nighter. Chicago went to Green Bay. Green Bay was favored by 12.5, and, a half, and uh, Chicago made an interesting 45-30. Speaking of uh, bad karma, never, ever do a, a, a belt move when you're on defense against Aaron Rodgers. Ever. No. Ever. No. I don't care like what team you're on. Like, If you mock the sheriff, the sheriff is going to light your ass up. And that's exactly what happened. The Bears, in the, in the second half of this game, it was not close. It was not interesting. The Bears made this interesting with the defensive uh touchdown in the fir- was It was a defensive touchdown, I believe, in the first they, oh sorry, no, they had a they had a punt return touchdown and a kickoff return touchdown. They had two ridiculous touchdowns. Um whatever it was, the combination of of whatever that was. But they, you know, really showed up. I had the Packers as a survivor pick this week and was worried uh after the first quarter and then the belt thing happened and then it was game over after that. Aaron Rodgers Just play like an absolute stud. Aaron Jones had a nice game. Zero yards, but two touchdowns. It was beautiful. Um, Packers are one of the best teams in the NFC. They're they're making the NFC championship game, in my opinion. They're better than the Cardinals right now. Yeah, I, I don't really agree there but uh, i think kind of the bucks and rams in my opinion healthy are the best two teams in the conference and then you have the cards and packers right there so we'll see what how things shake up in the actual division of course you're going to have rams or cards one of them is going to be in the wild card spot and not win the division so that'll make things interesting this was kind of a coming out game for justin fields i know he had two interceptions but he had two passing touchdowns 74 yards rushing 224 yards this was the first game where i really saw justin fields actually looked pretty good for the most part he was definitely yeah, a difference did. maker yep i know he made a couple of rookie mistakes but i actually thought he looked really good and i've been really down on justin fields as a quarterback overall but i mean i got to give him some credit here he looked really good especially against the packers d that's been really good this year Of course, Jakeem current with two touchdowns, one of them being the punt return. We've seen him do that a bunch of times for the dolphins, but uh, his drops and stuff are still too much. So uh, he can go with the bears. I'm still fine with it. Yeah, I agree. Monday nighter was exciting. Yeah. Monday nighter was a great game. We had the LA Rams going to Arizona, Arizona favored by two and a half Rams in a bunch of COVID issues. Rams pull it off 30 to 23. They were the better team in just about every aspect. Matt Stafford, Looks good. No back issues this game either. 287 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. 23 for 30. He looked really He's good. Sonny Michelle had a... <laughs> Sorry. Sonny Michelle, Fuck that guy, but anyway. Sonny Michelle had... He had a pretty good game. 79 yards, no touchdowns. He gets a touchdown there, and he looks really good fantasy-wise. But But, uh, I mean, Cooper Cop. <laughs> oh, stuck Just... This, this guy's a cheat code. 13 it's a, it's receptions. Automatic. 13 receptions 123 yards and a touchdown like how do you stop this guy right now you You can't he's he is on pace for the second best fantasy season ever by a wide receiver to jerry rice at 28 points per game oh it's 28 points per week he is averaging right now that's how good cooper cup is in fantasy oh it's where did you want to touch on this game Sorry, I I was saying earlier, like the TSN turning point in this game for me uh, and really the biggest difference in this game was Kyler Murray and his inopportune interceptions. Um, You know, if you're a young quarterback and you are as skilled as Kyler Murray is, you cannot turn the ball over in the red zone like that. Um, And the fact that the Rams went back and and put up 14 points off two interceptions, that's a killer. Right. Like if you look and say, okay, even if you get a field goal on those, you win the game by a lot. And it's easy to say, right? But it's for me, it was just rush throws, and like the two interceptions that he had actually made me flash, gave me flashbacks of Tua. The one in the red zone was not his fault. Aaron Donald almost got him and got a tip on it. The one in the end zone, Aaron Which Donald one, almost the short one, the very first one in the red zone. He was Aaron Donald. Yeah, it's still, your <laughs> fault though. It's still no, your fault. I mean, it's Aaron Donald running you're straight five at you foot, with his arms up. Yeah, but like you're five no, foot. No, that one wasn't you, his fault. You, yeah, but, but you know, no, you, you nobody know blocked that, Aaron though. Donald. The other one was well, all then, his fault. It was a terrible idea. But the first one, nobody blocked Aaron Donald. He thought he was going to pass through Kyler Murray or Aaron Donald. Yeah, he had nowhere to go though. Aaron Donald's coming up the middle, and he throws up his hands last minute like that one. I'll give him some slack there. That one was not 100 percent his fault. The other one was bad. You can't try and sneak it over. Uh Blanking on the name there, but you can't do it. The guy's six seven or six five or something. But the uh, the first one in the end zone was not not his fault. Aaron Donald's a beast. He's take the, the best sack, then player. Take yeah, the sacks then. You're in field goal range. Like this is so. The, like I get what you're saying, right? Like no, yeah, but he okay, wasn't like, trying like to tipped. force a play. It was Aaron Donald's hands came up last second. It wasn't like he threw it. Yeah, no, that one wasn't his fault. It was a great play. But by I, Aaron I just Donald. don't understand.
1: Which is you fine, but I just don't understand credit to Aaron like, Donald
0: on it. You do, but if you're Kyler Murray, you know like he's going to throw his hands up. I I think to me, this like, you know, look at the, the the defensive lines. They do it all the time, all the time. So like, why would you, like you should know. And if you're not a hundred percent certain, then in the red zone like that, then just take the sack. How many times this year have I, have we begged, you know quarterbacks to take the sack whether it's Mahomes or whether it's Tua or whether it's guys were like just take the but sack but that's when sometimes. they're they're forcing it like he didn't force it there it wasn't a sack really opportunity it wasn't quite like like it was Aaron Donald making an unbelievable play Aaron Donald's the arguably the best defensive player in the league making an unbelievable play that one was not his fault that was just an unbelievable play by Aaron Donald to get the tip it wasn't like the the pass was there he tried making the pass the pass was there the other one 100% his fault but yeah, it was a well, turning can... point Oh, for sure. Like if just those turnovers just can't happen. Like that's just, I mean, at the end of the day, um, whether it's a good play, whether it was not his fault, um, they, you know, the Rams had 14 points off two turnovers. That's it. That's the difference in the game. In my opinion. I mean, the, late in the game too, I do want to just talk about like the broadcast was going bananas for them, not kicking the field goal immediately. Uh, and then kicking the onside kick cause they ran out of time. Yeah. I mean, sure. It's so easy to say that from up in the booth. Um, If it's me, I'm trying to get the, I'm trying to get the touchdown first, right? Like I, like if I don't blame them for wasting clock, trying to go for a touchdown to me, that makes sense uh, because it's easier to get the field goal. It really is. You get the onside kick. You're basically, you need 15 yards, right? As opposed to needing 50 after that. So I I understand the, the, the motive behind it. I think it's just really easy for broadcast. I just didn't agree with that call from broadcast personally. Yeah, I kind of see it both ways. I actually don't mind it. If they kick the field goal there, then you have a known amount of time to get the touchdown later. Where if you do it the other way, it's like you might have to hail Mary it anyways because you waste two minutes trying to get the touchdown, and then you have 10 seconds to try and get the field goal. So you're really just trying to get two touchdowns then. So if you take the field goal, then at least you know you only need the touchdown instead of two touchdowns if you have no time. So I do get the argument there. Some of the analytics actually show you should be taking the field goal there. But a lot of old school football people will want to try to get the touchdown and then whatever time's left. If you can't get the touchdown there, then who thinks you can get it anyways? But uh, you've seen them get Hail Marys before. So I just think you're in a point there where you might have to get two Hail Marys if you don't take the field goal there. And that's kind of what the analytics show. So the broadcast did make a lot of sense, although I don't know. You can argue both ways a lot easier that way. Yeah, I could see it both ways. But either way, exciting game. Um, Rams actually, as you said, they kind of look they, they look like the Rams of old. Um, or what we thought they were going to play like this year. Um, stop they were the next nice game, so yeah, they deserve yeah, it. They were the much, they were much better prepared team, especially without Jalen Ramsey, no Daryl Henderson. They're missing a lot of pieces here, a lot of key pieces because of COVID, and they were the better prepared team. Sean McVay out coached Cliff Kingsbury, and I think don't think there's a way around it, and uh, makes that division a little interesting because Arizona basically would have wrapped it up with the win. Yep, they would have, but now down the stretch got some exciting games coming up. So how did we do? That was my lock, by the way, was the kernel. So I'm also a little bit pissed about it. But how do we do on the week? Well, Burke, you finally had a bounce back week. It's been a mess for you for a few weeks now. Nine and five on the week. go. It would have been nine and four if I didn't take the Jags. One for two on the locks. So 50%. That's fine. fine. 50%. That's fine. I went 50% overall. But Burke, two for two on the locks. Oh, baby. He is back. I feel like I let the team down. That's hundred percent weak on the locks for me. After all 75% these weeks overall, I know you you you, did, you done good. You've actually like you you took some reasonable lines. You uh you, you made some good decisions. Uh and and it paid off for you. I, as I said, I'm I'm a little sad because I feel like I let the team down. That could have could been have our, had our first perfect week. Per- I know. I don't think we've could ever had a perfect week. But... No, we definitely have not. <laughs> hey, so I'm... most of that's most of that's not my fault. So for the year, I'm sitting at 47% overall, 32% of the locks. You're sitting at 45% overall, 36% of the locks. I'm catching you there. Oh, boy. So, uh, we still got a few weeks here left, four weeks to try and get better. We can get above 50%. I feel it. It's definitely going to, it's, you know, the, the chances are there. We're going to keep going double lock. Maybe around Christmas, maybe Christmas time we'll do Saturday locks and then Sunday locks. We have the Saturday games this week. Maybe we do it this week. You're going to have to tune in to find out. But we're, we're we're gonna we're gonna start it off our picks though with our with our Thursday night pick. Uh let's do that right now. Yep. So Thursday night we have Kansas City heading to the LA Charters for a divisional game. Both coming off pretty good wins. KC favored by three. Right on the betting line. Um Yeah, I'm going with I'm going with the Chiefs here. I gotta do it. Right? Like they just their, their defense has been so good. Their offense has been so good. And where do the Chargers play really poorly? At home they do, and that's where the that's where the game is. It's it's uh, it's in LA. So um, Chiefs with three points after the the offensive display they've shown, the defense that they've showed. Um, for me, the guys that don't cover, uh, which by the way, if I look at the updated covering stats, they've actually been working their way up quite significantly. Uh, they are now six and seven versus the spread. They were like one and seven. They've covered like I think four in a row now. So they're moving their way up. The Chargers are seven and six versus the spread. Um, yeah. So I mean, you got to give me the Chiefs minus three in a pick 'em kind of game. Yeah, I, I, I'm all over the Chiefs here too. I think they're showing that they're the class of the AFC, especially this division, that they're the best team in this division. I think in LA again, fade the Chargers at home, take them on the road. Justin Herbert had a really good game last week. He's been prone to a couple of mistakes this year. This KCD is coming on hot. I think he's going to find a way to throw a pick or two, especially Tyron Matthew. Even Sorensen had a pick six this year. Like things are turning well for this Chiefs D. So I think they're going to find a way of getting it done. In this game, Justin Herbert's not going to have as good of a game. I think it's going to be a little bit of a shootout. I think the over could be here, even with both defenses having good pieces. Um, But yeah, KC, KC minus three. I'm liking this to be like, yeah, a 30-24 game or something for the Chiefs. So I'm liking the, liking the Chiefs, though, all over them here. Let's start the week off hot. Let's do it. 52 is the total from what I see. Um, yeah. See, 30-24, the over in the Chiefs. There you go. Oof, oof. 52 seems so daunting until you tell me it's 30-24. Then I'm not. It it's not so, as daunting, right? That totally it um, covers it by two. This <laughs> didn't give me much right. room. <laughs> uh, it still co- it still covers though. I mean, hey, if you're thinking it's going to be thirty twenty four, then hey, like you're right on that bookie line. So there you go. Although they probably think it's going to be like a twenty seven, seven twenty seven twenty four. I guess yeah, twenty seven twenty four. Yeah, so so 52, I would put it at fifty one. Yeah, but Yeah, there's no yeah, there's no other way of having it with a three point line so no no exactly so, so anyway that's probably what they're thinking anyway good picks we're on the same pace to start the week um last week we we're opposite to start the week so um we'll, we'll see what happens I, I just yeah i totally agree with you hammer the chiefs here um and we've got saturday games this week we've got sunday games this week it's uh and i think we have a monday nighter too we still got a monday nighter i think there's only one maybe two weeks left of monday nighters but uh we do got a monday nighter this week still dude saturday thursday thursday Friday's saturday on. sunday monday saturday sunday monday are you kidding me it's a lot of football. i'm gonna have to dude i'm gonna have to give my my cable box a rest that's gonna be pumping overtime this weekend so anyway uh just for uh, all the all the guys out there friday night you better treat the the lady to uh, something because the rest of the night's all football yeah 100%. You, you only have friday night off this week so yeah that's it, it friday put that night. in your schedule do something with the lady and get ready for some football spider-man no way home that's that's airing so go go buy a ticket go watch that have some have some good family time because uh you're running out of time for that with all the sports coming up world juniors whatever uh you can follow us on twitter at over six sports uh zach burke over six six zach burke over six Woof. and at c charlton turf as the dog will snocks your setup down again and for the over six sports podcast uh, I'm Zach DeBandenberg, and with me, as always, Cameron from Lock, King of State, Carl of Bernstein. Thanks for listening to 6 words. We'll chat with you later this week.